the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday. Feels like a Tuesday still. Uh, edition of the Authority. It is the eighth morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Three days away from the commemoration of the 9-11 terror attacks. Three days away from the ultimate embarrassment. The ultimate smack in the face of everyone who served in Afghanistan to avenge the deaths of 3,000 Americans on September 11, 2001. The smack in the face, of course, being that Americans are being held hostage in that nation 20 years later by the very Taliban that we went in to remove. It's seemingly impossible, but it's not. It's reality, and we're going to be discussing that today, uh, along with a number of other things with Congressman Jim Jordan, who will be with us for an extended version today. By the way, you want to talk extended. First of all, Jim Jordan will be with me at 9.35 this morning instead of 9.48, so we'll have a longer segment with him to talk about a host of issues. That's number one. Number two, next week, we are going to have Jim Jordan in our studio for, and it's one week from today, the 15th. Jim Jordan will be in studio for the entire two hours, taking your questions, your calls. What have you wanted to ask the 4th Congressional District Representative in this state, and the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, one of the loudest, proudest conservative voices, co-founder of the House Freedom Caucus, and one of the true leaders of the conservative movement in Congress. What have you wanted to ask him? You'll get that chance one week from today. He won't just answer my questions for two straight hours. He'll answer your questions. He'll engage with you. So he'll be in studio with us next Wednesday, and uh, that's going to be a very special time. I think it'll be a great thing for all of us. Because, you know, like I said, I, I really try to cover all the bases, but I can't. Not in a normal 10 to 11-minute interview. 
Even today when I get them for 15, 16 minutes, I can't get it all in. Sometimes I can't because of time. Sometimes because I forget stuff. You will have him for two hours. You'll have to remember everything that you wanted to ask him, and you'll have that opportunity. So we'll talk to him a little bit about that, too, coming up at 9.35 this morning. The uh, other piece of good news for you is Congressman Jordan is the the, uh, only guest that I have scheduled today. Hour number two, we have left guest free for you at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. So plenty of opportunities for you to call and be heard to either make your comments or ask your questions about everything that's going on right now involving our country, our state, our city, our locale. And I look forward to hearing from you. 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Now, before we get into the top news of the day, as always, you know, I hosted the Dennis Prager show yesterday, and I will be hosting it again today. And what I did yesterday and will and we'll do again today is I brought to the national stage the Pledge of Allegiance to start every show. I'm not stopping why by just starting it, you know, uh, starting this show, uh, my normal local show with the Pledge of Allegiance. I have brought it to the national stage now, and a lot of people across the country responded to that and really appreciate it. I was told uh, by my producers and call screeners in Los Angeles uh, that a lot of people really appreciated hearing the Pledge of Allegiance to start their show yesterday. Patriotism is a uh, dying, I guess I can't call it an art, but that's kind of the the, uh, phrase. It's a dying art. It's a lost art. Patriotism Pride, belief in American exceptionalism is waning. It's disappearing uh, from the American culture and landscape because our young people are being taught not to have pride in America, not to have pride in that flag, not to have pride in that anthem, but to be embarrassed by it, to be aware of its shame. And so we're going to continue to push back against that. With that in mind, patriots, please stand. If you have a flag, face it. If you do not, please please at least put your hand over your heart and join us for the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, liberals, Obama voters, Taliban supporters, Obama-Biden voters, I guess I should say, Taliban uh, supporters, you can go ahead and sit this one out. We know you don't want to stand anyway. By the way, today, it's been a while since we've been led by the kids. Let's be led by the kids. Everyone stand up and say with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Nice job, everyone! Kids are being told not to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Kids are being told not to have reverence and respect for the flag. Kids are being told not to have respect for the history of this country and the liberty upon which it was built. And uh, it's going to be kids that take it back. And uh, we're going to continue to do that. All right. um, We told you this was going to happen years ago. Literally seven of them. Those of us who were still on the air then, or those of us who were paying attention and calling radio shows, whatever your case might be, back in 2014, we said that when Barack Obama made the trade of five high-value Taliban or Al-Qaeda detainees from Guantanamo Bay in exchange for an American deserter named Bo Bergdahl, that those five Taliban, high-value Taliban detainees would come back to haunt us. No, you don't have to worry about that, Joe ba- or I mean, uh, Barack Obama said. No, 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 we're not letting them go back to Afghanistan. 
we're releasing these people as part of the trade to get Bo Bergdahl back. We're releasing them to a third party, to a third nation. They have to go there. They can't go back to Afghanistan and be part of the Taliban. And they released them into Qatar. I believe all five of them went into Qatar. They might have gone into a couple of others. As if somehow, though, they weren't going to find their own underground railroad from hell back to where they want to be, the epicenter of terrorism in the Middle East, Afghanistan. We said in 2014 this would come back to haunt us, and it is now doing so in spades. Four of the five ex-Gitmo detainees now, exchanged by Barack Obama for Bo Bergdahl, have senior positions in the Taliban's new resurrected Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. Now, let me pause on that for a second just to point out something that's both ironic and quite frankly, repugnant. Barack Obama, at the time, you may recall, answered the criticism in 2014 of his deal um, for Bo Bergdahl when a great many Americans were saying, no, this guy is a traitor to the country. He was a traitor to his unit. He was at least a deserter, at most a traitor. He doesn't deserve five high Taliban detainees to be released in order to bring that guy back to America, a place where it's questionable he even wants to be. If you remember, Bo Bergdahl deserted his post in the middle of the night. Then the storyline goes is is that he was captured by the Taliban. And who knows, maybe terrible things done to him. What we do know is that he was then observed wearing Islamic garb, uh, from the flowing robes to even the headdress, and was speaking Arabic to a limited degree. Now, to this day, seven years later, I can't say with certainty that he did so because he was forced, or if the reason he left in the middle of the night, packed up all of his stuff and said, I'm out, is because he was joining the other side. To this day, I can't say with any certainty which one it was. But we do know is that he deserted his post, and Barack Obama tried at that time to use something that is real. The he tried to use the mantra that there, you know, in the United States we leave no man behind. We're going to do what we've got to do to get that American out from behind enemy lines. And liberal Democrats and Obama supporters, and perhaps even some on the conservative side of the aisle, said, well, he's right. I don't like giving away Taliban detainees for it, but we can't leave a man behind, even a man who deserted. I disagreed at the time. But the reason it's, of course, an issue now is this is all happening just three days before the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and now as the Taliban leadership has been selected or anointed, and four of the five Taliban detainees that were traded by Barack Obama in a trade deadline deal for uh, for a Bo Bergdahl are now in charge of the Taliban. And this is happening at a time that that Taliban is indeed holding holding hostages American citizens left behind by Barack Obama's then Vice President, Joe Biden, who is now the Commander-in-Chief. 
So the irony there is just so thick. The current Taliban leadership is comprised of people that Barack Obama set free in order to leave no man behind, even a worthless deserter like Bo Bergdahl. And today, in 2021, seven years later, those Taliban leaders who were once detained in Gitmo are the ones holding American hostages behind enemy lines. They were directly left behind by the decision of Joseph R. Biden. Think about that just for a minute. So according to reporting uh, from multiple sources, including uh, Thomas Jocelyn, at uh, senior editor at Long War Journal, and others who've got the names. The names are very hard to pronounce. Don't give, don't sweat it if I, uh, I won't sweat it if I messed them up, but Karalu Karakwa is the acting minister for information and culture. Nuralu Nori is the acting minister of borders and tribal affairs. Abdul Haq Wasik is the acting director of intelligence, and Mohammed Fazi is the deputy defense minister. All four of those individuals are four of the five who were released by uh, Barack Obama in exchange for Bo Bergdahl. The fifth uh, is Mohammed Nabi uh, Omari, who was reportedly named the governor of Coast in Afghanistan. So they all have high-ranking positions for them in the actual Taliban leadership. Now, one as a governor of a province, if you will, in Afghanistan. Now, what does the State Department say about all of this? The State Department, the Tony Blinken-led, Joe Biden-appointed State Department, they're concerned not about the fact that four former Guantanamo detainees who were set free by Barack Obama for Bo Bergdahl, are running the country again, the high-value terrorist sponsors, trainers, and funders running Afghanistan now are, are individuals who we fought to imprison. That's an element of this nobody's really talking about. Our brave men and women, in some cases, who went to Afghanistan to capture Taliban or kill Taliban, who were responsible for 9-11, put their lives on the line, captured these people, got them sent to Gitmo, and then, yeah, yeah sorry about you putting your life on the line like that to, uh, to capture these people, we're setting them free. Your efforts, your blood, your sweat, your sacrifice... Uh, don't mean squat to the current State Department, the current, or actually the former and the current State Departments. The State Department under Barack Obama and the State Department under, uh, uh, under uh, uh, Joe Biden, they don't care about your sacrifice. These people are free. And it's not that these are extraordinarily dangerous people that are in charge now of the Taliban that has our current State Department upset. Their concern is over diversity. Wait a minute, what? Bob, did you just say that Anthony Blinken, the top diplomat of the United States, the Secretary of State, cares more about the gender makeup of the Taliban Council than about the fact that the Taliban Council exists again and that it is staffed and headed by the same terrorist Taliban that we fought to remove 20 years ago? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. A State Department spokesperson said in a statement shared with The Hill online that although the Taliban has presented this as a caretaker cabinet, the U.S. will judge the Taliban by its actions 
and not it not their words and that quote we have made clear our expectations that the afghan people deserve an inclusive government end quote the statement went on to note that the list of names announced by the taliban the ones that i just read to you quote consists exclusively of individuals who are members of the taliban or are their close associates and no women end quote so let me be very clear about this the taliban's treatment of women is notorious it is legendary for all of the wrong reasons women are treated as second-class citizens and in some cases non-humans they're they're treated as as chattel they're they're treated as as property the idea that anybody had that women would be allowed on the taliban leadership council is insane do i wish that were not so yes do i wish they would respect women and give them an opportunity and not beat them rape them sell them to one another in sexual slavery yeah i do but should that be the concern right now the diversity equity and inclusion of women in the taliban when american citizens are being held hostage by the terrorists who run the taliban no the idea that they saw fit to sit here and complain about the diversity and equity and inclusive makeup of the Taliban leadership, rather than focusing on the fact that these are the same Taliban that led the terror attack against us on September 11th, is, is beyond the pale. It's, it's beyond, quite frankly, most reasonable and rational comprehension. But this is the government of Joe Biden, the State Department of Anthony Blinken. They care more about inclusivity, even in terror groups, than they do about protecting Americans. It's 923. I'll be right back. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Nine twenty six. You know, I'm starting the show again today, obviously, with with Afghanistan. You want to know why? Two reasons why. There are Americans being held behind enemy lines, abandoned on direct command from the commander-in-chief, Joe Biden. We can never, ever forget that. And number two, because Joe Biden wants you to forget that. Do you understand that? Joe Biden went up to visit some of the flood-damaged regions in, uh, in the Northeast and is trying to spend all of his time and attention telling you about climate change. Climate change is the reason why this is all happening. Climate change is the reason there are thunderstorms. Climate change is the reason there are hurricanes. Those things never happened before climate change. Climate change, climate change, climate change. He's desperately trying to change the subject away from Afghanistan, away from Americans abandoned on his command, away from the surrendering of that nation to the people who hit us from that nation back in 2001. That's what Joe Biden is desperately trying to take the attention away from. And I'm not going to let that happen. I hope every radio show, show host in the country does the same thing. Lead with this. Focus on this. Do not give him an out. Now, he is not alone in his attempt to change that narrative. Chuck Schumer is the Senate Majority Leader. Chuck Schumer was caught 
talking to a group of uh, Americans, and I can't figure out exactly where the location is here, but he is lying through his teeth as he tells reporters and Americans gathered around, and I think this might be in one of the flood-damaged areas uh, up in the Northeast. I'm not, a, not positive wherever, but I think it's in New York. At any rate, he is talking to them, and I want you to listen to the lie. And, I mean, it just doesn't get much more blatant than this lie. Listen. How will what happened affect Democrats' chances moving into the midterm? You know, I can't predict that. I will say there'll be a job for congressional oversight. There always is. But at the moment, actually, I'm still focused on trying to get some of those brave Afghans out. The Americans, all of whom wanted to come out, have come out, praise God. But there are a lot of Afghans who risked their lives for our soldiers and others. Many got out. Some didn't. Did you... Did you hear it? Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority Leader, just declared that all Americans who wanted to get out of Afghanistan got out, praise God. But it's the Afghans we've got to get out now. The State Department has acknowledged hundreds of Americans still being held. They actually say exactly 100. Those who have been working with private companies to get these people out of there say that there are at least 500 Chuck Schumer says there are zero. There's no Americans being held back there. The only ones who are still there are the ones who want to stay there. Because, you know, Westerners, Americans, love living under the heavy hand of Sharia law as practiced and enforced by the Taliban. Yeah, that's a great place to live. We decided we want to stay in Afghanistan. And I will say there'll be a job for congressional oversight. There always is. But at the moment, actually, I'm still focused on trying to get some of those brave Afghans out. The Americans, all of whom wanted to come out, have come out. Praise God. The Americans, all of whom wanted to come out, have come out. Praise God. Brave Afghans out. The Americans, all of whom wanted to come out, have come out. Praise God. I mean, it just doesn't get much more blatant than that. This this is the most dishonest, deceptive, duplicitous administration in American history. He's seven months, eight months into the job, and he is the worst president, talking about Joe Biden and his leadership teams in the uh, Democrat-controlled Congress in the history of this republic. You don't need four years of this to know that. Eight months in, we know that. Congressman Jim Jordan will join me after the news on AM 1420. The Answer. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. All right, 938, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. We had a scheduling snafu here with Jim Jordan. He is going to be joining us one hour from now instead of right now. So uh, your full hour of open phone lines and free-for-all Wednesday, if you will, kind of starts right now, between now and 1035. We'll be able to take your phone calls at uh, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. So Jim Jordan coming up one hour from now at 935. All right, so that does give us an opportunity to hit a few other things. I told you before, and I meant it, that uh, we're going to stay on Afghanistan because Joe Biden does not want us to stay on Afghanistan. Joe Biden wants us to believe that that 
thing over there that just happened, 13 service members dying, hundreds of Americans left behind, thousands of Afghans left behind, tens of thousands of Afghans brought to the United States unvetted. Eh, what, what? What are you talking about? That didn't happen. Don't you know that the planet is warming? That's all Joe Biden wants you to know. I hope no one, uh, I've, I've been on the telephone or on the road uh, an awful lot uh, between uh, California, Idaho, uh, New Orleans, uh, excuse me, not New Orleans, Louisiana, but in New Orleans, Mississippi, and, uh, you know, here. I mean, every part of the country, every part of the country is getting hit by extreme weather. And uh, we're now living in real time what the country's going to look like. And if we don't do something, we can't turn it back very much, but we can prevent it from getting worse. And uh, so uh, we're all in this together. And we've got to uh, we've got to make sure that we don't leave any community behind. And it's can you believe he said that? Can you believe that this dementia addled confused old man just used that phrasing as he tries to turn the page from Afghanistan and leaving Americans behind into claiming that weather events are an exi- are, are proof of climate change. And in the process of doing so, he said what? Make sure that we don't leave any community behind, and it's all across the country. <laughs> I, uh, I don't mean to laugh. I'm certainly... Not laughing at at the situation of Americans being left behind. I just I'm trying to process in my head how this guy is where he is and how they let him go out there and, and say these things. First of all, why is it that whenever we have a really, really harsh winter and those of us who believe in, you know, weather point out that it's a really, really harsh winter, and hey, whatever happened to all that climate change and global warming, why aren't these winters being more mild? We're told by the chicken littles, who are claiming that the sky is falling because the planet is warming, we're told that's just weather. You don't know the difference between weather and climate. That's just weather. And that whenever we have a cooler summer, a cooler month of June or July than we normally do, and we say, hey... What happened to that global warming? How come we're not all boiling out here? And they say, don't you know the difference between weather and climate? That's just weather. That's just weather. But whenever there is a weather occurrence that somehow um, proves, I don't want to say proves their point because that would disprove my point, but, but that goes more in line with their belief that the planet is warming, whenever there are weather events like that, they're saying, don't you see? This is climate change. That's not weather. And this is what they try to do. Now, the gravitas that I want you to hear right now doesn't even come from babbling, bumbling, creepy, sleepy, uh, dementia Joe. I want you to listen to the gravitas from the New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, who says he is working very closely with Joe Biden. And between the two of them, they will stop storms from happening in the future. Now, I didn't misspeak. They believe they can stop storms from happening that we human beings can stop storms now i'm you know i'm not a a geologist i'm not a climatologist i'm not a science uh, major but i've seen and i've read and i've studied enough to know that this planet (laughs) 
has undergone undergone storms, has undergone uh, 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 hurricanes, has undergone uh, tornadoes, has undergone and experienced uh, you know uh, tropical cyclones off our coasts, slammed by meteors, sunspots, extraordinary freezing in ice ages, and extraordinary warming, which got us out of those ice ages long before humankind ever stepped foot on the surface of this planet. Okay? This country, or this uh, world, rather, this earth, this planet, has, has endured all of those things for, well, the existence of the planet. But Phil Murphy wants you to believe that as long as we pass Uncle Joe's $3.5 trillion Green New Deal starter kit, the human infrastructure uh, bill, that we can stop storms from happening. All of those natural occurrences, we can stop because we are Democrats. Well, he's been pitch perfect from moment one on this. He and I spoke uh, the morning after. Uh, he, he signed an emergency declaration two nights ago, a um, major uh, disaster declaration. I think the message has to be number one. Something that literally every president in the history of this country, after a major disaster, has done. They sign an emergency declaration and release federal funds to provide relief. And I don't care if it's hurricanes, mudslides, wildfires, uh, blizzards, floods, tornadoes, doesn't matter. They always provide that same relief. So, wow, what a fantastic job that Joe Biden has done. Right, Phil Murphy? One, um, as he's been saying, we're going to be with you as you get back on your feet, as long as that journey may take. Uh, both the state government and the federal government will be by your side. And secondly, uh, uh, if ever, if never before, the, the argument is overwhelmingly compelling for Congress to act on climate resiliency infrastructure that we need desperately in our state as the most densely populated state in America to prevent more of these storms from happening in the future. And I know he, I know he will hit both of those points, as will I. Congress can stop storms from happening in the future. You heard it. Congress can stop storms from happening. That's that's a pretty amazing thing. That's a hell of a lot of power vested in human beings just because they happen to be elected and sitting in the Capitol building that they can wave their hands, kind of like Moses and the staff in part to see, and stop storms from happening. And all we have to do is pass the legislation to make it so. Are you believing these people? These are the same people, by the way, insisting upon you becoming house cats. Remain house cats. What do I mean by house cats? Sit in your house and look out the window the way your cat does and watch life go by. Don't go out. It's too dangerous out there. Between the cataclysmic climate, you may melt, and the, of course, enormity of the 0.003% mortality rate COVID-19 virus. It's just too dangerous to go out there. Stay home. Did you see how many Democrats, both elected and unelected, those on CNN, MSNBC, and, and the like, were so angry with college football fans for going out there and, you know, living their lives? These college football super spreader events where tens of thousands of people gather together shoulder to shoulder, mask free, cheering for their Buckeyes or for their Wolverines or for their Nittany Lions or their Cardinals or their whatevers. Did you see them? 
Stay home, they say. What are you doing? Don't you understand how dangerous it is out there? I've never seen an administration traffic in fear quite like this administration does. You know, I don't want to sit here and just play the, you know, boy, I miss the good old days, but, but Donald Trump tried to encourage people to take pride in their country, to enjoy all of that this, this, that this great nation has to offer. Put America first. Put Americans first. And let's go and do our lives. Let's do extraordinary things. Joe Biden, along with Tony Blinken, I won't even say along with Kamala Harris, because Kamala Harris is straight up AWOL. She is collecting a paycheck wearing a ski mask. That's right. She's stealing money because she's doing nothing to earn her keep as vice president. But Obama, or I mean uh, Obama, Biden, and maybe Obama from behind the scenes, and so on and so forth, and all of them, they literally are just leading through fear. Everything that there is to be afraid of, they are pushing fear through fear porn. This propaganda campaign against COVID, the propaganda against climate change, propaganda. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is propaganda against, you know, the, the uh, concern at our border. That's the funniest part about it is they tell us that uh, what we should be afraid of in this country is white um, Christian males, not the scores of people, terrorists, human traffickers, smugglers, drug peddlers, mules, and so forth, coming across our southern border, which is wide open for anybody to see. We should be worried about the white Christian males that are inside this country. That's where your fear should be, but not in those who are coming across this country or coming across that border and into this country uh, without permission. Don't be afraid of them. That's, that's the one little caveat that they have in their campaign of fear. Don't fear those crossing the border. Just just. Just look away. Don't worry about that. We'll take care of that. Okay, uh, let's go to Grafton. Rob, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Go right ahead. Morning, Bob. Hey, it's a beautiful morning. I'm going to stay optimistic. I don't let's care do what it. anybody says. <laughs> um, just wanted to uh, agree with you as far as Biden hiding this whole Afghanistan thing. He doesn't want to talk about it. No. And I'm afraid that the media is doing his bidding for him because they're trying to avoid it also. A couple of other points. Um, I happened to hear on, I think, Fox News last night, Carl Rowe was talking that two-thirds of the people in Afghanistan now are under 25. And if you think about it, they do not know what the Taliban are. They have not lived under Taliban rule, and I really think there's going to be a civil war. Uh, They're not going to be able to avoid it, but the problem is they've got so much equipment right now, it's going to be hard to put it down. Or I mean, the Taliban will be easy to put down a a revolt. The other thing I want to bring up... Well, the civil war, if I may, just to chime in on that, Rob... um, Right. The civil war wouldn't be between the Taliban and uh, you know peace uh, peace loving Afghans. It's it's going to be a civil war between terrorist factions. It's going to be a civil war between Taliban, for example, and ISIS K or Al Qaeda, unless they decide to pool their resources and work together, which is what I suspect they will do. This is what Mark Milley was talking about because um, you know if, if there was going to be a civil war from the actual Afghan people. 
then the 300,000-strong security force, which was in force when the United States troops were on the ground advising and guiding and, and training them, they wouldn't have dropped their weapons and run when the Taliban started coming and the Americans left. So there's no, there's no war to be fought, I don't think, between the Taliban and the people of Afghanistan who don't want to live under that type of rule. It's only going to be a war between various factions of, of Islamic radical terror groups. I have one other quick point. Um, You brought up, not too much gets by you, Bob, I know that, but uh, you brought up the college football games. Yeah. And I'm sure you've heard of the profane trance, I'm sorry, rants. Yes. That were at a number of games. And I have a feeling this is going to go viral. I mean, it's a shame that it's profane, but I have a feeling that, for instance, how did it get along or get around to at least four different facilities. Well, you know I what's mean... <laughs> really funny about it? You know what's funny about it, Rob, is it this follows a summer of Major League Baseball parks in which people smuggled in giant signs, uh, you know, the size of bed sheets that they would hang over the uh, the grandstands that say Trump won. Uh, this happened in multiple ballparks over the summer. Trump won, Trump won. I don't know who started it or who decided to do it, but it was a big deal. And now that college football has started, they're using the the profane, uh, you know, blank Joe Biden, clap, 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 clap thing. And they're doing it all over. I just find it amazing that in these mass gatherings of thousands of people in cities um, all over America... There's this massive pro-Trump and anti-Biden movement, yet we are supposed to believe that Joe Biden got 81 million votes from the American people. We'll see. <laughs> Rob, thank you for the call. Great points you bring up there all the way across. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, the, in addition to the college football super spreaders, uh, which means people actually going and living their lives, uh, they had some fun while they were there, making sure that everybody knew what they thought about Joe Biden leaving Americans behind and destroying this country. All right, 953, right back. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Illegal aliens crossing our southern border from, according to last count... Roughly 150 countries. They're not all coming from the from Mexico or from the Northern Triangle uh, of Central American countries. They're coming from all over the world. Many of them are terrorists. Many of them are very, very dangerous people. And what is the Biden administration worried about? You know, as we are now just days away from the 20th anniversary of 9-11, you see so much of the intelligence. What lights are blinking red right now? We've seen the threat evolve from the foreign terrorists seeking to enter the United States to the individual here radicalized to violence by a foreign terrorist ideology to now what we consider the most serious terrorism-related threat on our homeland, which is the domestic violent extremists. So are you concerned? (laughs) These These are the people in charge of our security. This is... 
Mayorkas, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, who's about as effective at his job as Tony Blinken is as Secretary of State, who's about as effective at his job as Lloyd Austin is as Secretary of Defense. That is to say, bumbling, mumbling buffoons. He's telling us that with all of those foreign terrorists coming across the border, admitting it, and all of those radicalized here in the United States by foreign uh, sources, the biggest concern is the domestic violent extremists. In other words, the white Christian male. That's who we have to be the most concerned about. About a domestic violent extremist doing something on 9-11 surrounding the anniversary. It is our job to be concerned every day, to be vigilant, to share information. So am I concerned? Yes. I'm concerned today. I'm concerned tomorrow. And I was concerned yesterday. But not concerned enough to shut the border. Not concerned enough to go to the President of the United States and say, put the doggone wall back up. Continue it. Finish it. Let us actually arm the border. Let us actually turn people around and send them back. Let us not be a a pseudo-nation, because a nation without a border is not a nation. It is a pseudo-nation. It cannot, if you do, you do not have sovereignty if you do not have borders to, to respect and protect. And that's the reality of the situation. Are they concerned about people crossing that border and committing terror attacks, perhaps on the anniversary of 9-11? Nope, we're worried about the white Christian guy down the block, the domestic extremist. Those are the ones that we're worried about. And if that's what they're worried about, I'm going to hate to have to be the guy that says, we told you so ahead of time, the same way we were, or that we are that guy right now. When I started the show telling you that we told you back in 2014, when you traded Bo Bergdahl for five Taliban high-ranking officials, that it would come back to haunt us one day. Four of those five are now running the Taliban and currently holding Americans hostage. I hate to be the guy that says, I told you so. But there you have it. 10 o'clock time for news. Your calls right after AM 1420, The Answer. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.